0: Hello, welcome back to the V friends podcast. Uh, my name is Jake and I'm one of the co-hosts and the other one is with me, Cody. Cody, how are you going today?
1: So, so good, Jake. I'm doing really so well today. Good. Yep. That's Friday. That's good. Got those Friday feelings as they say, and um ready, ready to go. Looking forward to this one. As we said in the other episodes, I don't, I do zero preparation. So I'm looking forward to seeing what, what you've, you've come up with this for this week's episode. A Few updates for you.
0: Fair enough. Yep. Well, I, I do have some updates, Cody, but I've also got um, some questions from some people on Twitter, a few from the Discord. Hang on, are we on we, Twitter? We are. We are on Twitter. Um, <laughs> at VFriendsPod. Um, yeah, right. those who'd like to come and, uh, I mean, that's where we're kind of sharing it. That's where I'm starting to have a few conversations. Yep. So yep. Um, at the moment, yeah, there's just a little bit of conversation, a little bit of discussion happening and uh, yeah kind of building so i do have some questions cody which i'm going to ask you and, and you and i can both have a go at tackling some of them um what else i've got a few little bits of news and things that have kind of happened or um come out in the last week or so uh and also i'm going to start with a few um sales market updates uh from from open and things that i've seen so um yeah any uh anything in particular you, you want to go into well, first I'll, I'll let you I'll... kind
1: of I want you to tell the listeners uh, your the offers you've received in the last few days as well for that lava one of one uh, empty elephant.
0: Yeah, well, let, let's start there then because um, it, I have I've got my um, MetaMask connected to OpenSea, so I've I've got it set up there where I'm getting email notifications whenever I get offers, and um, there are for those, anybody else who's done that already will know you'll get offers every now and then, and they are often the same. Um, value or same offer, regardless of what the the token is. Um, so, for instance, so I'm getting similar offers for my um, core um, hardworking warm bat as I am for my hangout hawk. For instance, when obviously the the sales that are actually going through are much different value. So somebody's out there just kind of putting out a lot of offers, hoping that something hits. Um, but I did get an offer for my, as you said, the lava empathy elephant. I had a couple and. They slowly went up over the course of a few days, um, up to 30 ETH, which is a much, uh, or a big increase on the seven ETH that I paid for it. Um, but Cody, also interestingly, I thought I would go and do a search for the other Empathy Elephants to see if they were also getting offers. And um, I can't remember exactly which ones they were. I think it was the the Diamond and maybe the Hologram, but they were, the others also had the same offers from the same person. Um, even up to, I think it was the hologram, they'd offered up to 38 ETH for that one. So, and obviously there hasn't been that sale, so it wasn't accepted. Um, but yeah, very interesting.
1: Yeah, that's not bad, Jake. So you're selling? No, no, I will not be selling. Not yet. Well, Jake, I I logged in yesterday um, yesterday evening and I had an offer of 3.2 ETH for my um, Dynamic Dinosaur core. So... Um, I may have had higher offers. I haven't got the notifications set up. but Because um, they, they only show for 48 hours, don't they, the offers. And then they I don't think you can actually go back and see a past history. I couldn't um, figure it out anyway.
0: Yeah. I think it also depends on when, it, like, if somebody makes an offer, they can withdraw it and okay. you obviously won't be able to see it after that as well. Right. Yeah. So yep. Yeah. There you go. Um, well... We've started in the market update. So, Cody, let me give you a few numbers. Uh, in the last week since we recorded the last podcast, um, well, at that time, they'd been just shy of $4 million in secondary sales. Uh, mm-hmm. A week on, we're at 7.4, 7.5. Mm-hmm. Um, so, quite a lot of sales and most of those are going to um, fall under the, the category of goo tokens, um, yep. which I'm going to give you a couple of them because they're obviously big um, or high price items. They've been Roughly 560 sales in total now in the secondary market, so it's creeping up. Um, And the last couple of days, I've probably seen it maybe slow a little. Um, the The floor price has increased again. Last week we said it was 3.5, now it's about four, Um, so it is it is up a little bit. Um, But I have seen a few sales go through at you know around the three ETH mark. So somebody's putting them up and they're getting picked up straight away. So. I'd be interested to see what kind of happens to that floor price, Cody. Um, hmm. It's it's been going up quite quickly, but um, you said you got a 3.2 ETH offer. I you know keep an eye on that, see if you get a few
1: um, higher than that. Yeah, I just sort of don't want to be tempted though, Jake. I sort of don't want to know because I, I may be tempted to sell, and I know that would be a silly thing to do uh, at this stage. I agree with that. Fair enough. Yeah, and I am one to be tempted, so um, I've I definitely don't want to set up the the notifications. I don't want to know. Um, uh, if if I want to find out if I've got any offers, I, I'll have to log in and, and see. Fair enough. I'll, is there a number? It, uh, hypothetically? Is there a number? I, I really don't <laughs> well, know. What I is really the number? I, I don't know what the number is, Jake. It's sort of more determined by uh, my life at, at the time in um, in regards to if I need the money or not. Um, if I don't need the money, I certainly will hold. But if, if something comes up where I absolutely need, you know, t- uh, I don't know, $10,000 or whatever it is, I'll, I'll list it and see how we go. But um, at this stage, uh, like we mentioned in the previous couple of podcasts, I'm, I'm selling soccer cars at the moment. So um, I'm trying to get rid of those. I'd rather hold this um, dynamic dinosaur.
0: Fair enough. All right, Cody, a couple of notable sales for you. Um, firstly, Gary V has actually sold a couple of GU tokens. Um, and I say sold because most of the GU tokens that are out there were given by Gary to either people on the Discord or friends, family, um, you know, business partners, whatever it was. Like he's, he's obviously given quite a few away. But there were two sales code in the last week that if you go into it, he's actually sold them. So he's listed them on OpenSea, and somebody's bought them. Um, and the first was a big one, and it's the biggest sale that we've seen. And it was the hologram rare robot, and the rare robot being one of the top ten characters. So mm. a hollow, which is also the at the moment the most sought after spectacular, uh, and a goo token. So it doesn't get much better than that without being you know a a patient panda or something. Um, and it sold for fifty five ETH. Um, so that's a quite – well, actually, 55.555. I guess Gary being Gary has yep. that number, um, and that got snapped up quite quickly. And then the second one, which um, the the person who bought that, Ra, um, he's known as because that's his uh, Discord name, Ra, with a bunch of numbers after it. Um, he's actually picked up the rare – 5555 five, five, five fan, um, a goo token directly from Gary. And I don't know the details of that, but somebody um, mentioned that there was some negotiation there or communication between them. Uh, and Ra bought that for 17 ETH. So I guess he's been in contact and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, picked up a, a nice Gu token. Um, mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. hoping to have Ra on the podcast in, in the future weeks uh, or the coming weeks. So if I can make that happen, yeah, I'll, nice. I'll ask him about it.
1: Replacing me already.
0: Yep, you've uh, you've just admitted you've done no preparation. Uh, So
1: I'm
0: looking for yeah stand-ins.
1: Before we started this podcast, I openly admitted I would be doing zero preparation, and you can you still wanted to go ahead, so you knew what (laughs) you're getting into, Jake.
0: That's true. I can't I can't go changing it now, but uh,
1: hoping to have a couple of interviews. No, that'd be good. I'd like to hear from people who are actually invested in this quite heavily and um, have spent quite a bit of time and hearing their thoughts on the project. Cool.
0: Uh, last few um, sales that I just wanted to mention: lots of goo tokens. As I said, there was a spectacular Wolfle Wizard that went for fifty ETH, which I'm—I mean, years from now, I'm sure this will sound silly, but compared to other sales at the moment, that seems like a big price tag. Um, mm. Given that, as I just mentioned, that hollow rare robot goo token um, went for fifty-five. So either mm. the the rare robot that Gary sold could have gone for more, or maybe the Wolfle Wizard. Maybe it was a little overpaid. But anyway, uh, there was an epic to-the-moon meerkat for about 28 ETH and a spectacular uh, diamond hands hen for 28 ETH. So a couple of big numbers there. And then finally, two which weren't good tokens, which I thought were interesting, were there was a bubblegum Forever Phoenix. So the person who sold that, he originally bought it in the, the first sale for $14,000 and he sold it for forty five. dollars Not bad nice. for a, a month's worth of work. Mm. Uh and then the second one was a diamond uh, baboon, bombastic baboon. Uh, he bought that at the floor, so $7,000 roughly, um, 3 ETH, sold it for 39000
1: Wow. Not That's bad, crazy. Eh? Yeah, very nice.
0: All right. So some interesting ones there. Um, I'm going to keep an eye on that. And th- there is a question in a minute that kind of talks a little bit about some of the values. So I'll come back to that. But um, Cody, there's been a bunch of news. Some of this you pointed out to me. So um, I just wanted to get run through a few things and get your uh, thoughts on any of it or what mm-hmm. is most exciting to you. Um, the first one is that there's a new podcast coming or not not even coming. It's out now. They've uh, dropped episode one. It's called Props and Drops uh, with Matt Kalish and Gary V. Um, and I'm just going to read the quick little description that it has here. It says, Matt Kalish and Gary Vaderchuk are both diehard sports fanatics obsessed with trading cards and fired up about the world of alternative investments. They're teaming up to bring their perspectives together on props and drops, a podcast focused on what's hot, both on the field and off the field. Thoughts? Mm,
1: yeah, sounds good. I listened to the trailer. I don't I don't think episode one's out yet, just the trailer. Yeah. Um,
0: no, it is, Cody. I checked just oh. uh, not long before we we uh, hit record here. So I've okay. got it downloaded, ready to go.
1: Right. So I, I, I go off Apple Podcasts and they sometimes uh, take a little bit longer. Actually, our episode from last week still wasn't on um, Apple Podcasts yet for some reason. Um, okay. So I'm not sure what's going on there. So it, when you first release podcasts, sometimes it takes a little bit longer. Um. Anyways, yeah, I'm excited. It's just sort of... Um, Probably all my interests, uh, a lot of my interests wrapped into one and I don't really know who that co-host was, but I'm sure um, it'll be good.
0: I think, um, yeah, I've listened to the first few minutes of the um, episode one and basically all Gary kind of said he's always liked the idea of having a you know two-person podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's saying he's happy that it's finally happening. So it's obviously separate to the Gary Vee audio experience. Yep. Um, And, yeah, it's all the sort of stuff that, you say, sports cards and NFTs and, um, you know, sneakers. And then maybe for us in particular, less interest on the sports side, given it's more American sports and we're here in Australia. But um, I guess it's all kind of interrelated. So I'll be uh, definitely listening to that one.
1: Yep, me too. A couple of
0: tools, I guess, or or things that in the vFriends analytics world are are interesting, which means it's super interesting to me. Um, The first one is that degendata.io has teamed up with vFriends, so you can get all of the sales data there. So that's D D E G E N. D-A-T-A dot um, You can go there and basically it has all sales data. You can use a whole heap of different filters and stuff. It's it's quite cool. Um, and then the second one, Cody, was rarity.tools. Um, and this is a big one in the NFT space. I haven't had time to look at it from a VFriends point of view yet. Um, but from my understanding, for things like CryptoPunks, where there's different attributes that are more rare than others and more valuable, um, you can actually go in and do different you know, use different filters to see what's more rare than something else, and it filters it in different ways. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, it'd be interesting to see what that means for V friends. given I don't know that people are really looking at it and saying, well, you know, there's fewer birds than there are something else or, you know, sure. fewer humans or one-of-one one art or that sort of thing yet. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And I wonder if that's kind of where this might start going. But anyway, there's a couple of tools there, so go and have a look. Uh, quite interesting. And then there was a couple of, I think you'd call them Cody regular content plays that are going to be coming out from vFriends. So they're starting to drop little bits of content. Um, One of them is a, I don't know if you saw this, a what if Wednesdays, they had a, it's kind of a hypothetical product or service idea. Um, They had a stress ball, a calm clam stress ball. Um, So not something you can buy, but they're just kind of putting out ideas to see the, I guess, level of interest from, from those Mm. listening or, or viewing. Did you see that one?
1: Um yeah, I think I, I scrolled past it. I didn't click on it, but I, I do remember they used to do this what if Wednesdays um uh, for other things back in the day. Um hypothetical ideas, business ideas. And I, I'm not sure if they ever actually like went ahead with any of them or if they were just sort of like an ideation bit of fun, bit of creativity. Um so yeah, I like it. It sounds good. And um yeah, I'm sure we'll I don't know, it should should spark some. Some ideas that maybe uh, will turn into real products or, or um, you know, um, some sort of, if not products, um, content.
0: Yep, I agree. And it sounds like they're going to try and do it a bit or uh, going forward on Wednesday. So keep an eye out. Uh, and then the second one is the, I think they're calling it, or they're doing it on Sunday morning cartoons. Um, so they did have one a little while ago that had a number of the characters like the Tremendous Tiger, um, the Swaggy Sea Lion, et cetera. Um, and I think they've just done one Sunday Gorn, which is what, half a week ago now, um, all around perspective pigeon. So looks like it's kind of a bit of a, I mean, it's obviously kids or aimed at that sort of level, but I know a bit of fun looks like something that, you know, I'm not really sure what to think of it other than it's kind of cool, but um, yeah, just a
1: way to start using the characters and yeah. getting them out there. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, in years to come, we'll look back, and uh, this will be this is just the infant stage, I suppose. The, the initial stages, and in years to come, there'll be plenty of different shows, um, maybe books, movies. Who knows what's to come? But um, yep. I'm sure, with Gary at the helm, he, like he said, he wants this to be the legacy <clears throat> he leaves. This is his his thing for many, many years. He's Disney. Um, so I, I expect massive things to come. And I think that's part of the reason why we're all bought into this um, project and into the the NFTs. Yeah. And I think things will definitely change
0: over time for the characters, but it's maybe the only thing that I would look at at this stage is more of an idea of how he's thinking about some of these characters, you know, because mm. he said, he said himself a few times, you know, there'll be different characters that are maybe going to be better suited to cartoons kids cartoons or some that are going to be better for apparel or you know different just using them in different ways so maybe looking at these sorts of things gives an idea of the way he's thinking um, at the moment so interesting yeah. yep yep um, one last thing, Cody, before I, we get into a couple of questions, uh, and this came from Discord, which will probably sound disappointing to you, and I, I don't know that this is a nail in the coffin, but Gary did say when somebody asked him about being able to sell the access to VCon, uh, Gary said, you won't be able to do that. Mm. Um, now, I I didn't see the question itself. This is something that I read from somebody else um, about that conversation. So my question to that would be, did the person, you know, is Gary saying that you can't, sell the access versus you can't just, you know, like we talked about, is it some sort of renting the token Mm. without actually transferring the token? Mm. Um, I I don't know the answer to that, but uh, yeah, at this stage, he's saying that you won't be able to sell the access.
1: Okay, that's a shame because I was looking to do that. (laughs) Um, Well, that that will make things interesting when it comes to the conference because I don't know how they're going to do it. I'm really interested to see in the months leading up to it, how you actually, um, register for saying that you're going to come to go go to VCon and how many will actually show up out of those who say they'll go if it's already built into the ticket. It's not like you've got to fork out any more money. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because what happens if say us from Australia can't go um, and there'll be lots of people like me, perhaps, who can't afford to go. They've got a token, but they can't afford to travel overseas. And there's many, as we've mentioned, many, many people with uh, multiple tokens. So if you take that ten thousand minus the multiples, minus people can't go, minus the ones Gary B owns, um, you know, how many people are real- realistically going to be going to this conference? And if it's a low number, that's not what Gary wants. So yeah, I'm sure he's I'm sure he's thought about this sort of stuff before. And maybe if well, that, yeah. Maybe if there's, you know, in two months to go to the conference, and he's like, "Oh man, we're only going to have a thousand people here," uh, he might want to somehow open it up.
0: Yeah, what I would say, I guess, is that, you know, he talked about doing a lot of research. He and his team doing a lot of research on all the best and biggest conferences around the world um, in terms of pricing and um, the actual logistics and structure of of something like this. So, um, I imagine he would be looking into attendance numbers and and that sort of thing as well. In terms of the numbers of people that own um, a vFriend, and this is a question we had or something that I said I'd cover um, from last week. There's currently four four thousand 4,550 people or around that number that yeah. uh, or different um, wallets that own a vFriend. Now, their chances are there'll be a handful of people that have more than one wallet, so you can maybe reduce that slightly. But, um, I mean, when you think about that, that obviously means those people will in theory have access to the, to the VCON, as well as whoever they want to bring when they've got, like I do multiple tokens. If I can take, you know, my wife, then obviously that would be something I'd be looking to do, but yeah, I don't know. Um, it's, I'd be interested to know how many people he's building it for because he wouldn't be doing it for 10. He's just, you know, they're, they're smart enough. They know what they're doing. They're not building it assuming that every one of those tokens has a person come to the VCON. um, but, I mean, at the same time, he's going to make it so valuable that those that can go will want to. So,
1: anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure leading up I'll be very tempted and I'll be like, man, I'd love to go. Um, I'm sure he'll build hype it up to to no end. So, but yeah, I guess we'll wait and see, hey? Yep.
0: Agreed. A um, couple of questions for you, Cody. Uh, coming from, as I said, Discord, Twitter. Um, first one is, and this is going to start by me giving a bit of context to, to help us answer it, but the question was um, around the lack of price difference in the sea sales that have been happening between or core the core tokens versus the rare and very rare. So to give an idea where this question is coming from, Cody, I had a bit of a look at the average sale price in the last two weeks um, of all the different um, admission tokens and the, the different rarities, and I took out all of the very top characters because i didn't want the, the numbers to be skewed because you know one of the top 10 core tokens went for for quite a high number so if you're just looking at the the ones that in the initial sale pretty much all of them went at the floor price and i'm looking at the averages since then um, the average price of a core token in the last two weeks um, of those characters was about 3.4 eth um, the rares have gone for about 3.9 so half an ETH higher. And the very rares have gone for about 4.5. Sorry, 4.05. So so there's almost no difference or very little difference between the rares and very rares uh, mm. in the last two weeks compared to think back to the initial sales when most of these characters were talking about went at the floor price. So the floor price for cores was 0.5. For rares, it was one. And for very rares, it was 1.5. So there was a difference of 0.5 ETH in the initial sales. Yep. But looking on OpenSea, the rares and very rares are Basically, going for the same price. So, any thoughts on what what um, might be driving that?
1: I don't know what. Um, no, not really, Jake. Others say that that is surprising and interesting. I, I wouldn't have expected that. I did, had no idea. I would have assumed there'd be, um, you know, a big gap, a big premium on the more rare or super rares, whatever they're called. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, I guess part
0: of it would be, and we should say, the cores have. In terms of the comparison to between what they went at in the initial sale, close to the floor price, and where they are now, the core tokens have r- risen by far the most. They've had about a 5.5x um, price increase on average. The rare tokens, so and I should say all of them have gone up obviously across the board, the rare tokens have gone up only by about 37 Um, times the very rares only by about 2.6, the epics only by 2.2, and the spectaculars by about 2.5. So, what I am seeing, I don't, I'm firstly, I don't know. My guess would be the cores are going up because that's the floor price, and people who either missed out or are realizing that there's a lot of value here but don't want to fork out what they assume will be bigger numbers they're going for the the lowest value core tokens and and when all of the cores are selling out that quickly the floor price just continues to rise um, the we should also say and this i think this is most people will know this already but there's no difference between any of these in terms of the um, functionality you know they all give you vcon access and that's it so the only difference is in the rarity and what you know potentially Gary might come out and say different tokens have different um you know Things associated with them or different benefits. So, until we know if that's the case or, or hear anything about that, then you know people are just going for the cheapest one. Maybe maybe it's as simple well, as that. Maybe that's
1: why, because people are unless there's some certainty around um, what's the benefits of having a rare versus a core, other than there's just fewer of them, um, and people usually usually like to pay more for something that's rare, more rare but um and maybe once he makes some announcements or you see after the vcon one that rare tickets enable you to do this you know special access to something um then we'll start seeing the price um sort of jump up on those
0: i think it's also like you have to remember that the initial sales as i said went most of these ones that we're talking about went at the floor price um, and the floor price wasn't driven by the market that was driven by gary and his team Mm. and the core tokens all sold out within 24 hours as they were listed. There were plenty that hit the 0.5 floor, but they all sold out within 24 hours. The rares and the very rares in a lot of these cases sat there for days. So they eventually went when, you know, it was kind of a cascading thing. So when when we got to the end of the kind of the initial five-day launch, and all the cores were gone, people started realizing if I want one of these and I don't have one, or I've got a little bit of spare ETH and I want to get something else, the cheapest I'm ever going to get one right now is a floor rare token. And once they sold out, everyone realized, well, the next cheapest I'm ever going to get is a floor very rare. So people only really started, it's not that they only started buying them because plenty of them went before that, but once the cores were gone, people started buying the next level and it kind of went like that because that was the next cheapest thing. So... The, the price difference at the start was driven by, you know, V friends and Gary and and the floor price that they set. Whereas now it's really come back to the market. And I don't know that people are, like you said, people just aren't putting the real, any extra value or not much extra value on those different rarities without really knowing if it means anything else.
1: Sure. And Jake, um, who was that question from? Do you have the name written down?
0: Oh, you, I should have had that ready, shouldn't I? I it was somebody on Discord. Um,
1: okay, no never mind. Actually,
0: no, sorry, I'm, I'm lying. That one was on Twitter. I don't have the name. I, I should, and I will see if I can get it before we finish recording. But a um, couple extra questions for you. Um, and, and I don't know if either of us can give a, much of an answer for this one, but the question was, have we reached the ceiling for cores? So we've seen it rise very quickly. And I mentioned the, the ceiling now is about four ETH. Uh, oh, sorry, the, the floor price. I guess what he's saying is, have we reached the point where the floor price won't keep going up or at least hmm. for now? So it's at about four ETH. Um, and then his second part of that was, and we just kind of answered it. Do we think we'll see any of the the very rares or epics starting to move now, given cause have gone up, gone up as much as they have?
1: Um, I don't know about the second part, but I think the cause will continue to rise slowly. I'm sure we'll see some dips, um, in terms of short term ceiling. Um, Maybe, maybe we're sort of starting to reach a peak. I still think that if I had to put some money on it, uh, I think we'll see it go up maybe another ETH or so over the next few months and then maybe taper off until we really start seeing some hype around the conference.
0: Fair enough. Um, and I should say that that first question came from Twitter uh, and the Twitter handle is Goji Bear. So, mm-hmm. anyway. Um, and and this question came from that we're just entering now came from discord from mike jt so similar two similar sort of questions um yeah i I kind of like i said it's i think these things are just going to continue to go up whether we've hit a little plateau maybe um it's almost too short a time period to tell isn't it i mean that we're only on our third episode now and Every, you know, we're doing it weekly. Every week we look at the price and the the floor price has gone up another one or half an ETH. Mm-hmm. So maybe see what it is next week. Um, one thing though, Cody, that I did, I mentioned before that there's 4,550 odd uh, token holders. Mm-hmm. The number last week, because I've started checking this, I'm going to keep checking it weekly. The numbers actually come down by about seven or eight people. So in the roughly 200 sales that have happened in the last week, the, the total number of token holders has actually decreased. So that yep. kind of goes back to what we are talking about last week where it's probably the case that collectors are buying more as opposed mm-hmm. to new people entering the market.
1: Sure, yeah. And, and I suppose those people are maybe also seeing um, more value in it and just getting more and more convinced that it's important as, a, as an investment too, just to hold yep. these things, get, grab it as many as you can now because they believe in the long-term future
0: and value. Yep. Yeah, but what I would say with that is, I wonder how long that growth in value can be sustained when it's just collectors buying from collectors.
1: Yeah. I don't know. know. It it only takes uh, one or two people to really move a market.
0: Oh, absolutely. And when I say collectors, I just mean somebody who already holds a token. So anybody that doesn't want to classify themselves as a collector. um, Yeah. Anyway, it's an interesting question Um, and we've been going on for a while, Cody. So last question is, um, and again, this one came from discord from Mike as well. He said, uh, he, I'm assuming he should people adjust their pricing on OpenSea as the value of Ethereum goes up or down? So for instance, if ETH falls 20%, do you update your price on OpenSea? What do you what do you think about that?
1: Is it based on what do you list it as on OpenSea as uh, ETH?
0: Well, I guess you can list it as anything, but yeah, the vast majority are listed as ETH. And I guess oh, my my way of asking that question as well would be, should we be thinking about these tokens in terms you know, in terms mm. of their
1: value? are you still thinking about them in ETH or dollar terms? Oh, 100% dollar terms. That's what, um, in my mind, I, I this is the only reason I have ETH was to buy um, Gary V NFTs and there's no reason for me to hold ETH otherwise. I know other people will see that differently. They'll have it for other projects and looking towards the future. I think an ETH is a, is a currency that everyone will be using. Um, until that point, I definitely am valuing everything in dollars. Um, when you tell me that, uh, you had a 30 ETH offer on your elephant. I immediately calculate that in dollars because that's what um, you would be converting it to if you were to sell. So, and, and I'm the same for when I have a, an offer on my dinosaur. Um, I was immediately going, well, yeah, okay, that's uh, if ETH drops to $1,000, then um, yeah, I would definitely be changing when I'm listing on, on OpenSea. Um, yeah, I, I'd be valuing it in dollars and, and making any adjustments.
0: I'm with you. I agree. Uh, at least for now, I think it's too early for us. I know for, it was interesting when um, Gary V went during the initial sale and and in the first probably couple of weeks was talking about sales and putting up um, a few of the numbers and even if the first handful of um, resales, they really focused on the ETH component. And then since then, it seems like they're now doing both, both dollars mm-hmm. and ETH. And I think mm-hmm. I know that maybe they're trying to push the the ETH value to me. It's, you know, they, we may have already talked about this, Cody, but the number of people who have bought into this project who never would have used ETH before or bought ETH or bought any sort of um, NFT or, or cryptocurrencies um, is is quite high. Um, and that's, I you know, I don't know numbers, but I have heard them talk about that on various podcasts. So compared to a lot of other projects, there's a lot of first timers in this space. Um, those first timers are only in here, like you said, because they're buying into Gary V. They're not... Yeah, they've never dealt with eth they book, they use their dollars and and for me you know i i had a little bit of crypto but it's for my first nft but even so i still when i think back to what did i pay for these things i'm thinking about it in terms of the dollars that i had to put in to buy it so at yeah. this stage that's still how i think about it i think over time you know if we look at this you know 5 years from now and just because you've held it for so long and the only way to deal in v friends is through ethereum that might change. But for now, I think um, at least in my mind, it's still,
1: we, we still need to be talking in dollars. Oh, 100%. And Jake, I did see there was another question on Twitter. I don't know, maybe it's, you didn't read it out because you don't know the answer, but someone did ask best resources online for learning about NFTs. I, I,
0: did, I did have it here. If we had time, let's tackle it. Cause I honestly, I don't have a great answer cause I'm mm. a beginner myself. Um, I would say it really depends on, for NFTs in particular, it really comes down to the communities. Um, and it seems like the success or not of a lot of these NFT projects is going to die um, or, or succeed based on the, the community that's built around it. And really, it, that means where is the community? Discord is obviously a big one. Um, Twitter seems to be a big one as well. And in terms of learning about them, I think it's just getting involved, asking questions, reading. I mean, that's at least from my point of view, that's how I learn, um, just being involved and kind of watching, listening and reading.
1: Yeah, makes sense, and obviously Gary talks about um, NF- NFTs as a concept quite a bit on different podcasts.
0: Yeah, and he keeps saying, you know do your fifty hours. You Got to do yeah. fifty hours of research." Um, yeah. So really, it's it's not a, a that's not a very good answer um, if somebody is actually looking to get started and learn more. But it really is find where the community is and go and ask questions and read and watch their
1: conversations. Sure, and I guess it depends what you want to know about NFTs. Is it the general concept, or do you want to know about? um, different projects. Cause as you said, the, the different projects will, will belong in different uh, communities, whereas, um, like just basic NFT information, um, can be, uh, in lots of places. And even the modern finance podcast with Kevin Rose, he has a good podcast, but that's sort of, it's not all about NFTs. It's a lot about, um, probably more about, um, cryptocurrency. Um, but he certainly touches on quite a few NFT projects and, uh, concepts, in that in that podcast and he has a email newsletter as well which I, i'm not subscribed to but it sounds pretty good and he thought they sort of talk about new new release projects so it's would i'd probably suggest that as well yep that's a good one cool. every
0: every second or third episode on that podcast goes over my head um so don't give oh, yeah. up when you yep. if you listen to one and you think what is he even talking about uh don't give up just go to the next one because there's some really good episodes in there yeah for sure Cool. Well, that's all I've got, Cody, unless uh, there's anything else that I've missed or any other questions that have come
1: to your mind? No, that's it for me, Jake. Cool.
0: All right. Well, then uh, let's wrap it up for another week. Uh, Keep watching or I'll keep watching the market. Uh, There's plenty of new listings, things, you know, the number of VFriend tokens um, on OpenSea has increased in the last week or so. Um, So what that means, I'm not sure and I'll keep tracking it and we'll be back next week for another episode. Cool. Thanks, Cody.
1: Bye.